This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Pay phillips and with me is a very chirpy and chipper Jim Daly. Hello, I'm laughing because we're about to read some tweets out, and um, <laughs> we've been reading them off air, and they're very funny. And um, yeah, they've got me in a good mood for today. I'm in a good mood anyway. We've just recorded our episode with our wonderful guest uh, this week, Nazanin Gafar, and... Um, it's been such a fun episode to do. Yeah, so was. I'm in a really, really good mood. And actually, I'd forgotten. We talk about it. Obviously, she uh, presents the weather, and, and we were talking about how the weather can make you feel good or bad, depending on on the on how it is, and it can really affect your mood. But actually, I've just remembered as well. Like when you have a all our episodes are really good, but when you have one particular, where you laugh a lot. Actually, so, we, we record ours in the morning. It sets you up for the rest of the day. Actually, yeah, absolutely. You're in a really good mood. Um, so yeah, I'm just feeling I'm feeling very yeah very chipper and buoyant actually after that. And then, and some of these tweets you got to read out are very funny. I've also got to close all the tabs on my laptop because we we went off on so many tangents with Nazneen that um, I had to keep googling stuff. Uh, so I'm having to now sort of actually I'm not closing that one because I actually want to buy one of those. Um, but I am having to <laughs> close what a saxophone. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, we've only got one of those. Got to find that um, for, to play out the song at the end. Uh, yeah, no, um, it, was a, it was a good episode. Really. Oh, it was a brilliant episode. I love Nazanine. She's um, become a good friend and uh, it's lovely to have her on the, on the podcast. And uh, yeah, she's great company. And, uh, you know, as British people, we love talking about the weather. 
and we talk about the weather quite a lot on this episode as Nazanin is a weather presenter and and obviously has been trained at the Met Office as well so she does know what she's talking about um, she's not just a broadcaster um, yeah and it was brilliant it was a brilliant conversation about all aspects of of her life but also about her love for, for weather and all things weather <laughs> I do feel a bit. I do feel a bit bad that we made her talk about work essentially for for, <laughs> yeah, for an yeah. hour. But she's so nice. She even if she didn't want to, she was very very engaging on it. And actually, that point about being trained at the Met Office is interesting because from what she made it sound like when you started out, you didn't really have to do that. No. You, you are just a presenter. But actually, she was really keen to make sure she knew what she was talking about, which I think sort of goes some way to show the sort of person she is that she wanted to make sure do things do things right. But that's interesting. A lot of the stuff, if you are interested in weather, this is going to be the best episode we've ever done <laughs> yeah. because it's actually, there's a lot of really good insight into uh, weather presenting. And um, as I said, I've got a few tabs open from things that uh, Nazneen has suggested uh, weather related. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. Mm. But just a lovely person as well. Like, yeah, so easy to talk to. Really just, lovely. We've gone off on loads of tangents and it's just, yeah, it's been uh, been a really, really good episode. I'm just smiling thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a real treat. And uh, thank you very much for coming on, Nazanin. Shall we read some tweets before we crack on with the episode? Um, I think we I should. teased them at the start of the, start of the episode. So, obviously, um, was it last week? Or week before? Hang on. A few weeks ago, um, the Alex Horn episode came out. And, it, and it's, it's been very popular. I've really struck a chord with our mm. listeners. As it would, but, because Alex is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, one and, sort of yeah. one element of it has really stuck a chord with people. <laughs> one element, the element being the Craig Johnson element, former footballer slash predator now, creator. If you haven't listened to the episode, I'm trying to. I, I actually myself because it was a while ago we recorded this. I'm trying to remember how we got onto the subject of Craig Johnston. I was I was talking about predator boots, but um, possibly he's possibly a Liverpool fan, right? So Alex is a yeah. Liverpool fan. So how did we? Oh, it, yeah, it might have been talking about maybe watching Craig. Johnson when he was or was it the football shirts behind me and we were talking about football shirts I don't know man but I, yeah, I'm, I think I, I think I it's my fault I think I brought up Craig Johnston <laughs> well I'm glad you did because it's really struck a chord mm. to people so um, here's a tweet from Chris Ryan Chris says um, I used to work in an Oxford Street football shop 20 years ago and we once had a post predator Craig Johnson come in <laughs> it's like what is like where are they now um, to show the Reebok execs the different tech in the boots. They did not understand, nor did he replicate the same success. <laughs> Poor Craig. Poor Craig. But thank you, Chris, for that tweet. That really, really tickled me. So yeah. Well, I've got another one here from uh, Siri. She also is... Um, listened to the Alex Horn episode and said, this was enjoyable. A total blast from the past too, with talk of Craig Johnston. <laughs> so his name's just making me laugh now. Uh, his mum was a teacher when I was eight. And I still remember him coming over from the high school into our class to ask his mum for money. Boy, was he in trouble. <laughs> On the wonder, make even then. Why is he in trouble? And I, I wonder if, so how old is Craig Johnson at? At this point, was he eight? Was he older? Yeah. Was the money for football? I think he was he an adult. Um, and <laughs> he like, was so, an adult. Sorry, mum. <laughs> these predator boots are. Uh, <laughs> cost him. These prototypes are costing me an absolute fortune. I need some mate. more plastic for the boots to make them spin. <laughs> sorry, terrible accents. Um, awful accent. Awful. Yeah. Apologies. But anyway, Siri, thank you for that tweet. That's a lovely. <laughs> I've got one more if it's okay. And it, it, it's, it's please tell a, me it's a, about Craig Johnson. It is about Craig Johnson. <laughs> it's about me and Craig Johnson. It's a guy from Ian Williams. Right. And he says, Jim, I can't believe 
Hi, Ian. Sorry. I can't believe you don't remember Craig Johnston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we couldn't believe it. I mean, Alex and I were dumb, dumbfounded. <laughs> I, I, saw, I sort of... I, it came back to me during the episode. Yeah. Uh, mainly Predator-related. Ian has said, I would have said how... I was enjoying the podcast with Alex, but I had stopped to, t- to tweet this. So clearly he's been, I'm sorry, Ian, I've clearly offended you with my lack of Craig Johnson knowledge. He's then gone on to actually include a photo. Um, I, mean, I mean, the hair is fantastic. Oh, he had incredible hair back in the day. Uh, Do you know what? I think we need to probably reach out and try and get Craig on the, on the podcast now that we've done this, because um, I think, probably got a very interesting story actually um so he yeah. has if anyone knows if anyone knows him then let's make it happen well i'm going to search him up on and see if he's on twitter and then we can okay. i can say he's been a huge uptake in interest yeah, in you interest. and your story since um our episode with alex horn i mean the rest of the alex horn episode is excellent because alex is an excellent guest <laughs> it's really but the good, craig yeah. johnson stuff at the beginning has obviously been a highlight for many of our listeners <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Craig, we're sorry. <laughs> Please come on the podcast. I'm sorry I didn't know who you were. Um I and mean, also I still wear Predator boots. So there you go. So the legacy is um Do you? They got continue. the rubble yeah. bits on them. Yeah, they, the fins. They, they they've been through various um sort of forms of evolution and they, they went away for a bit and then they came back. And I think the very new ones, they're sort of back but a bit spikier. But I wore a pair. I got a free pair when I was working at the Mirror back in 2014, and they were called the Predator Instinct, I think. I had them for five years. No, yeah, for almost five years. They were so good, Fair so point. comfy. And then I've bought some more recent ones recently. They don't quite feel the same. So I've actually started going on eBay recently to try and find an old pair of Predator Instinct. If anyone got a pair of Predator 2014 Instincts in size 10, I will happily buy them off you. So please get in contact because um, they're the best boots I've ever worn. Um. Anyway, I think we should get on with this. We have really, really sidetracked. Let's get on with this week's episode. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I just want to say, there's no Craig Johnson talk on this week's episode. So uh, yeah. in case you've come for the we've Craig Johnson Pred- Predator yeah. talk, we've moved on. But we do have the wonderful Nazneen Gafar, and she's just one of the nicest people. So um, I think we should just quit, get straight into it. So <laughs> here is just the fantastic and lovely Nazneen Gafar. On the Blank Podcast. Well, I have recorded some of that Facebook. <laughs> oh, it's a funny thing that we've become so excited about Facebook Marketplace. Well, during the pandemic, it yeah. was quite difficult. You weren't really allowed to. You had to kind of leave it on the doorstep, step away, look out the window, and, you know, non... What was it? No cash, PayPal, all that kind of stuff. There's quite good stuff around my way, though, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go and pick up some Victorian tiles uh, for oh, okay. my front door porch area. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> That is exciting. Have they got a pattern on them? Yeah, they've got really like lovely, funky, colourful pattern, Victorian ones, because I live in a Victorian semi-detached and I'm trying to bring back some Victorian-ness to it. Um, my husband's like, there's nothing wrong with our porch. <laughs> Why? Yeah, but yeah. Are we... But you know. There's nothing wrong like with our table. large table, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. 
That's exciting. That is exciting. I think that uh, it is nice to get like, and also I think um, I think when you move into a sort of period property, it's nice to reinstate some of those things that were there originally. We were in a nineteen thirties. Yeah. We were in a nineteen thirties house, and when we moved in, all the doors had been re- in, interior doors had been replaced. The front door had been re- replaced with sort of modern, kind of very cheap mm. doors as well. You know, those awful kind of almost like cardboard. Um, and so we've we've replaced all the inner doors. We've the the fireplaces. This you can see one just behind me there. Look. Oh, love that! Love it. Yeah, so that those would all they, they they were all covered up with like UPVC. They just like covered, yeah, oh. random. So we like ripped all those off. The yeah, so I think it's nice to restore those those features that are so beautiful. Exactly, I'm with you on that one. And bigger tables. I'm with your wife on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, smaller. She it's wants a smaller cheesy. table. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. You need room to be able to shuffle around. Now, Natalie, yeah. you're from Tunbridge Wells originally, is that right? I am indeed, yeah. And I know Jim's got some uh, history yeah, in Tunbridge, Tunbridge Wells. Tunbridge Wells comes up on the pod quite a lot, doesn't it? I can't remember yeah. the last person we spoke to about Tunbridge Wells. I, um, I went to school in Tunbridge Wells. I grew up in... Oh, which school did you go to? Uh, St. Gregory's. Ah, yes, I remember which is, that. Uh, next to the grammar school, uh, which is basically sort of the down... It was the, it was the, comp- I think it's the only comprehensive there, I think. Um, no, there was. There's Bennett, Bennett as well. Bennett oh, yeah. Memorial. Bennett Memorial. Yeah, yeah they all Another were, very they, good they were school. green, didn't they? They all were green at Bennett. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very. <laughs> they were very. Uh, um, yeah. Climate conscious at Bennett. Um, yeah, I grew up in e- I grew up in Edenbridge, which is a town about ten. 10 miles yeah. away, I guess, 10, 15 miles away. Um, but yeah, Tumbridge Wells comes up a lot on, on the podcast. It does randomly, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, how did, you, how did it, you find Tumbridge Wells? I, I love Tumbridge Wells. Um, growing up in Tumbridge Wells was, so I grew up in Tumbridge Wells, mid-80s onwards. Um, it, as, a, as a brown girl, as a brown girl, it was a, <laughs> it was a bit... <laughs> Not difficult, uh, different for me. I think it's it's changed a lot since then, but um, I I was the only girl that was different looking um, Mm. compared to everyone else in in my class, in my whole school, in fact. Mm. So it was easy to spot me in a in the school photo but uh, (laughs) um, I I really enjoyed Tunbridge Wells. Um, It's a great town because it's got Good shopping centre, a lot of history. Mm. Uh, you're near to London, but you're out enough to have like the countryside, uh, beautiful parks, etc. Uh, school life was good. Um, I did feel different, but that's probably around the time I was growing up. It wasn't so multicultural back mm. then. I was born and bred in Tunbridge Wells, but um, my parents are uh, Iranian. We had Iranian values. So growing up, you know, uh, in an Iranian household, we didn't do Christmas. I was saying this to my husband the other day and he finds it really shocking, but it wasn't part of our family culture. So we didn't yeah. have Christmas and Christmas Day and everyone would go back talking about what Christmas presents they received, etc. And I didn't have that. But, you know, it's fine. At the time, you think it's... It's a bit sad. I'm missing out. But really now I, I understand, you know, my, my parents were bringing us up the way that they knew how they were brought up. But mm. um, I have loads of friends I'm still connected to uh, there. And I ended up working in Tunbridge Wells uh, for a while as well um, in weather. So uh, at the BBC there. So it's, 
Yeah, a great town. When I was a teenager, I was a bit like, oh, I want to move <laughs> yeah. to London. Oh, <laughs> it's so sad. Don't want to live here anymore. But now as I get older with my little one, I, I kind of see myself perhaps moving back towards there because it's actually a really lovely, lovely town. It's definitely one of those places where, and it's probably the same for all sort of home counties places, where I think growing up you think, this place is so boring. Oh, there's nothing to do here. Oh. And London's not that far away. And like they, there's definitely a, a stark contrast between someone like Tunbridge Wells and, and London. And I was always desperate to move to London and my friends were there. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair to say that Tunbridge Wells wasn't a particularly diverse place i don't know what it's like now because it's been a long time since i've been back but you, you could pop up to london for the day and suddenly you're in this multicultural diverse f- exciting place and it's a it's a world away from tunbridge wells and probably anywhere that's like it so yeah i definitely got that vibe as well and was desperate to get out but you're so right the older you get you suddenly realize that places out of town in the countryside are actually really appealing and you can see why people move there and start families and stuff because life is a bit calmer maybe and there is more green space and yeah it's, it's just funny how our values change as we grow up i've moved to a place called chesham in buckinghamshire and it's, it's basically like tunbridge wells but the other side of london like it's not <laughs> it feels like where i sort of grew up again but just other side of town so yeah but it is we just our values just change i think as we grow up or, or maybe not our values but things we look for i think in our in our, our daily needs. life yeah. Our needs, yeah yeah and actually you know during the pandemic a lot of people that are friends i have in london just decided to up and move and they're they're really happy now that they actually made that move at the time because you know london became like nothing we've ever seen it before you know it was completely quiet there was nothing to do and they all have families and then realized actually what are we doing here let's mm. move out and uh, I think, I mean, currently I'm in Surrey, so I'm sort of in between Tunbridge Wells and <laughs> London. And um, I, I'm, I moved before the pandemic um, and I love it because, especially with the little one, you've got so much green space going out to the woods, looking for bugs and playgrounds and nice local farms to go and visit and things like that. You don't get so much of that in London. London, I think, is is fine when you're young, but as you get older... With little ones, I think it's better to be out in the countryside. Personally, that's what I think. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely being out here during. I mean, also the pandemic has been mad, but like it's given me an appreciation of how lucky I am. It's 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 like space becomes a commodity, and I mean space as in like garden space, not like literally space like in the sky, <laughs> like Neil Armstrong. Um, but it becomes so, suddenly you realise how lucky you are if you have any. And we we mm. moved into a house here where we had a garden in our previous place we didn't and living in london obviously like very few people have gardens especially if you're renting and so suddenly it became really and we've got a little one as well she turns two on tuesday and just suddenly became felt so grateful to have space and really especially with the pandemic as you say everyone's stuck in the house i just it made me really sit back and just feel yeah very thankful that i have this opportunity and space and just yeah lucky really i think it was a real chance to sort of count my lucky stars that that she can play in the garden and feel safe and i can go for runs up the road and it's all countryside and might not even see a car on my run like it's just all those things you just don't think about when you're younger because when you're younger like you want to be somewhere exciting god i loved living in london when i was younger it was i could go out if i wanted to there was always a gig or there was always something happening now if i've got there's a gig or something i feel like psychologically build build up to it for about a week um i think that's just old age but yeah i don't know i'm just i'm just i'm feeling appreciative i think at the moment 
Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. I do yeah. wonder actually as well, like, I mean, I'm quite lucky. I've lived in the same place all my life. I've never moved out. Um, and thinking about when you've got children and sort of maybe trying to replicate some of what you went through or the sort of places that you lived with them, you know, and sort of getting them. I mean, it's been really nice. I could, my kids go to the same parks that I went to as a, when I was their age and stuff like that. And I do wonder, I've got friends who've moved back to the area again, since they've had children because they had, you know, they had, they enjoyed the area when they were younger and they obviously wanted their children to experience the same thing, go to the same schools as they went to that kind of stuff. Um, so I do wonder if there's something in that a little bit about how, when we get older, we kind of want to replicate our own childhood experiences, if they've been good ones, um, mm. with our own children. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Even when I go to um, visit my parents, uh, I still take my little one to the same park and just just want to see her reaction. Was it the same as mine? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. And it's, it is nice and it's uh, nostalgic in a way. Yeah. And it's like you're growing up again and just seeing the world with fresh eyes again. It's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the joys of being a parent, I think, those sort of, yeah. those sort of moments that we can, <laughs> yeah, we can relive our, our own childhoods through our children's well, eyes. Yeah, especially, like, I'm, I'm desperate for my daughter to get into football because football is a big part of my life and it brought me closer to my dad and it helped me meet a lot of my best friends Giles and I sort of know each other through football I guess sort of loosely as well so it's brought me closer to a lot of really important people so I want her to be in it but I guess in a way that's also because I would I then I guess want to relive seeing football through a young person's (laughs) eyes again I went to the football the other day with a couple of my best mates and one of them brought his boy who's just turned four I think and it was his first match and it was amazing watching the football with him and like talking to him about and hearing him trying to work out what's happening on the pitch and I don't think there was a goal actually oh no there might be one goal so yeah it is I think we're always sort of chasing that youthfulness aren't we or that 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 nostalgia of and when you have children it's a sort of perfect chance to do that i i i don't i'm slightly worried i don't think my daughter will be into football because during football lessons she mostly picks the ball up and runs away with it so <laughs> maybe rugby there's one other dad whose daughter also doesn't isn't that fast there's quite a lot of girls in the class which is really nice but this other girl doesn't either and he always comes up to me and goes well then neither of them are gonna be into football are they and i'm like all right, Steve. No, she is going to be in the football, okay? Don't lump my daughter in with yours, okay? She will be. But actually, no, the evidence suggests she probably won't. She's expressing herself. <laughs> yeah, she is. It's, it's cute. She does often say, football, daddy, football. But then when we get there, she just doesn't want to kick the ball. Just, but I think she likes, she loves running around. She likes being with the other kids. And obviously, that's all part of... Sport is a good way of sort of te- teaching you sort of social skills as well, so it's all part of it. Um, but if she could kick it in the ball a few more, if she kick it in the goal a few more times, that would be uh, that'd be that'd be great. <laughs> she's only two. I know. Give her I know. I know. pressure. She's only just started learning to walk. There's a couple of kids in the group. <laughs> One lad, he lives across the road from us. He's probably a bit older. So he's probably two and a half. He can kick it like really. His dad must have been doing drills with him in, in the garden. <laughs> drills. Because he can properly, yeah. like, his technique is so good. I'm so impressed. So I don't know what, uh, I need to find out what his You're getting com- competitive, dad. <laughs> I am. I was going to say, this is, yeah. <laughs> There's a fine line, man. You need she to, like, reel that in a little bit. I would say that was 80% percent. <laughs> yes. It's nice to see her running around and, and enjoying, yeah, enjoying being with the kids. Um, 
So what, if you're just, nothing, yeah. what were you into as a kid? What, what, what were you interested um, in? Did you like school? I mean, was were you academic? Um, I did like school. I was academic. Um, I wasn't the cleverest, I, but I liked being at school. I loved the social aspect of school. I actually loved football, <laughs> bizarrely. Um, and actually, at one point, I remember, um, I was thinking of this the other day, that my dad was, my parents were big on you know, studying, doing education, etc. But even uh, back then, my dad was the kind of parent that was like, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you can't do anything. Yeah. And I started playing football in the playground at, in the lunch breaks, and the teacher called him in one day and said, look, she, she's a girl, she can't play football, it's not safe oh. for her. Uh, yeah, and my dad just okay. sat there and said, my daughter will do whatever she wants, she will play football, I'm not telling her to stop. And well, I just carried on, and then I went into the I went to secondary school. I went to Twigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, they had a football team there. I loved playing football. But then, I, as I as I got into my later stages of teenager years and boys and stuff, I kind of <laughs> stopped playing. Really, um, it's a shame. But I, I actually really enjoyed football. I don't know why. I think it it was. Yeah, I just I'd like the competitive nature. Well, all sports are competitive. I don't know. I loved football. I did play a bit of tennis, but I wasn't that great. Um, I wasn't majorly sporty, but I did get involved. I loved rounders. Rounders was my favourite thing at school. Oh, rounders is the but, best. Yeah, yeah, it's the we best. We did rounders at our, at our primary school. It was very competitive. There was only mm. there was nine of us in our class, I think, at primary school, but I think we must have played How did against... you manage rounders? I don't nine? know. I know. <laughs> Maybe we played against the teachers. I'm not sure, but I remember being very competitive and everyone being like obsessed with winning rounders. I don't even know how we did that, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't continue into secondary school. Secondary, once we went to secondary school to um, St. Greg's, it was all football and rugby and yeah, rounders disappeared, Hockey. unfortunately. I don't oh think yeah, they did hockey. hockey. I don't know if they did hockey. I did hockey. I didn't like hockey. No, it's aggressive. I never got it's quite aggressive hockey. hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey was actually quite hard. Yeah. And I always yeah. used to get my ankles bashed. And yeah, where there's exactly. funny, like, yeah. yeah. Nah. Well, it's. I mean, yeah. I think when I went to university, the the hockey teams were the most. Choose <laughs> my words carefully. <laughs> off the wall, I guess, is a good way. Like they were the most, no, no, the most intense. I think you know, if you're going out in the sort of the the sports social societies, they were the they were the ones that were doing the sort of slightly questionable initiation stuff. Oh, really? Um, you think like, rugby would be like no? It's hockey. Sort of, yeah. It's definitely oh. hockey. And then you're giving these people wooden sticks as well, which I just think is <laughs> very risky. I think asking for trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, hockey is. I think hockey is a lot more intense uh, than than people realise. But I tell you what, it's very enjoyable to watch. Like watching it during the Olympics recently. So it's a very, very enjoyable, very quick game to watch. I don't, I don't follow it really that well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an intense game to watch. Intense on and off the field, I think. you guys what were your favorite sports am i allowed to ask questions yeah, of course you can. yeah this is a conversation it's not yeah don't worry it's not an interview um yeah, football yeah i guess the regular kind of football. athletics was my big thing though i was I, that was the only one thing I, at secondary school in particular was the only thing i was sort of okay at was running 
and um, yeah, sort of doing 200 meters, 400 meters. It was the thing relay. I got into like the school and the relay. Yeah, um, I managed to get into the school sort of team, if you sort of mean like the after school, um, competing against other schools and stuff. Um, so that yeah, like? so and that was still like. like- Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, you go. No, I was just saying, and you still like running now, don't you? So Yeah, I still do. Yeah, more, more like, I guess, sort of like cross-country type stuff. But, yeah, yeah, I can't sprint anymore. <laughs> the, the legs won't allow it. No. But, no, I like love that kind of yeah. What was it like being in, Was it quite intense? Are you Trump. talking to me now? Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, the running. <laughs> just talking about myself. Just talking about myself. Jim, what was the school Jim, like? Was, oh, it, was, it, was, okay. was it intense? <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, it was kind of intense. I just don't want a one interview. Um, no, what were the other Sorry, kids mate. like? Was it quite an intense? Yeah, um, I, I never did. I never did athletics. There was a lot of pressure. To be honest, there was the the, the PE teachers were quite hard. There was quite a lot really? of you know, you know to to achieve to get high achievement particularly like they wanted the school to win all the athletics kind of meetings and stuff so there was a lot of intense yeah and i remember like uh we they used to try and get us to they would like bribe like they would bribe people to do so if there was like a school trip for example you wouldn't be able to go on it unless you competed for the school oh. and, and oh, that wow. kind of stuff i remember there was a there was a yeah they went to welsh camp and one guy couldn't he wasn't he said if you don't play he hated rugby and they said if you don't play rugby you, for the school team you you won't be able to go on the on the school trip which is really horrible <laughs> so he, this guy had to turn up every like week to play rugby and he absolutely hated it um so there was stuff like that quite coercive yeah i'm not sure it's. I mean, times have changed. Jim. I don't think they would get away with it <laughs> yeah, now. I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> this was the this was the late eighties, nineties. So I think there was. Yeah, it was. It was not viewed as um, as bad as it would be now. Hmm. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. A bit. Yeah. Harsh. <laughs> a bit uh, yeah. That poor kid. I hated rugby as well. I've got a vivid yeah, memory too, yeah. of one rugby lesson where they got the pads out and we had to like run into each other and I guess shoulder into a someone holding a pad or something is that a rugby training technique yeah, yeah yeah and you're doing that and the biggest guy i was holding the pad and i was quite a small weedy kid and i was holding the pad and the biggest guy in class ran into me of as course. hard as possible knocked me flying and i just remember sort of everyone being around me and the teacher being like oh shit oh shit oh shit please be okay you're okay jim oh thank god he's okay but um yeah that that i mean i already hated rugby before that but that put me off rugby pretty much for life it was yeah well, Quite At my school, they used to. I looks like this is the P teachers were quite sadistic. Um, we used to when it was a frosty morning, they'd do make us do army crawls in the frost, no. and do like so. We used to have, like for rugby, we used to have to do. So you know when you do like um, you form a ruck which is on the floor and the ball, you'd have to kneel in the frost and then the people would run towards you and you'd tackle them to the floor. Uh, yeah, it was horrendous. I'm, I'm hoping that both the PE teachers at that school have been struck off now because they were <laughs> so. <laughs> really horrible people. Because sport really should be, like, e- even if you're not like into a certain sport, it's mostly about sort of t- working with the team, getting yeah. exercise, having fun, really, should be one of the top, you know, top three kind of reasons to do it. I don't know. I just think there's environments sometimes in school sports where it's just, it doesn't, none of that is, is able to flourish. Any of those things. Yeah, that's true. My brother went to um, Skinner's uh, and they were known, yeah, yeah, they were known for rugby uh, and 
and my brother was not sporty at all. He was like in the E team rugby E team reserves. <laughs> he was that bad. Uh, and they, yeah, he used to have such a hard time when, when it came to the sports lessons. And the only reason that they, they, you know, kind of kept him on at the schools because he was so clever academically, but sporting wise, he was, he was not great at rugby. And they were, yeah, they were so big on it because they wanted to uphold their, position as a great school for rugby and stuff so I think that's yeah I'm not sure if it's like that anymore but yeah I think that was probably the same thing with with our school Lewis Priory um was very much I think they'd obviously had a track record of being very good at various different sports and team meets and stuff and they just continued that in that vein and would get do anything (laughs) to anyone to get to get to that position so which is Shame, really. But well, I'm we, we had um, in uh, St. Greg's, they obviously didn't care about their, foot, their sporting achievements because we had a new teacher came in about year nine, I think, or year eight. And <laughs> like, really, there was a lot of like naughty boys played football. Which I guess it's probably the same in most schools, but like not the naughty boys, and then they'd get away with it by being good at football. And he was like not into that at all. So he wanted to stamp his authority on the football team, and he got rid of all the naughty boys. You're out. If you're naughty in class, you're out of football. You're not playing. Um, so kind of like the opposite of, what, of, of your school, Giles. Um, <laughs> yes. So then he was like, right, I'm bringing all the nice boys into football. So I suddenly got promoted from like bench warmer to captain of the school football team because I was okay, but also incredibly nice and probably a complete pushover and easy to to coach and then i just picked all my you were, friends you, you were you were there for molding jim i was there for molding <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes molding molding me into a, into a future champion um didn't happen uh so then i was just able to pick all my friends and we went from having quite a good school team to probably the worst school <laughs> team oh, no. in Tunbridge wells we lost our first game which i think was against skinner's uh, 10-1 but we were delighted we scored couldn't believe it that was such an achievement <laughs> for us um, and then uh, so then we actually got slightly better I think we drew with Bennett away I scored one that went in the top corner which I still think about sometimes um, and then I wasn't allowed to be captain of the school football team anymore because mum and dad wanted me to concentrate on my GCSEs so I was banned from oh. football yeah so did, my, did, yeah. but look it, at you feels, now I was going to say it feels like there's a there's a slight sort of repressed yeah. resentment could have been a champion, mate. Could have been, could have been a professional. And that's why you're trying to get your daughter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now. That's what I'm sort of, I'm, you know, I know, we, I know that we call, call this our therapy session every week, Jim, but I'm sure, I think they feel like there's some, definitely some repression oh, here. It's classic, now coming out into your, she oh, will dear. play football. I'm such a cliche. Dad who never made it a football, forcing his daughter to get into football to make up for my lack of ability. Oh, such a cliche. Um, now, to be fair, I ended up getting quite good GCSE, so it was pro- probably the right decision. Um, and we were terrible, so losing 10-1 each week was actually was not that fun. Um, but yeah, I can't remember the name of that PE teacher, but I always thought like that was quite uh, almost quite commendable actually to sort of keep the naughty boys out. He was just he was really hot on actually just being a nice person. Um, I can't remember his name. That's really bad, but yeah, different way of doing things. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. So, you did at school, so you did a bit of sport. Were you ever thinking about going into, I mean, was broadcasting anything like, was that anything that you'd ever thought about at that time? Or was that yeah. not even in your, was it? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I um, I grew up 
My dad is really into watching news, uh, all news channels, everything. He still does it now. And, um, and you know, sorry, Daddy, so, it's so funny because before we came on, I was yeah. talking about. Um, we were, Jim and I were just t- <laughs> yeah. referencing 24-hour news and the yeah. fact that do we need 24 hours of news? Half an hour news in the evening. You do for my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking, who, who's watching 24-hour news? We do not need that much. Uh, half an hour in the evening is more than do. enough. <laughs> so it's yeah, just no, so funny that you fair, say that. <laughs> to be fair, back then there wasn't 24-hour yeah. news, I don't no. think, or it just started up. But it would be, you know, he'd watch... BBC News, followed by ITV News, all the uh, the regional news, everything, all the time. And um, I would, would obviously be present in the room, and I, I'd watch it and think, this is so cool. This is, is this a job? You can do this. But then, uh, you know, um, I'd um, sometimes, and I, it would annoy my dad a bit because I wasn't very good at it, I would mute the TV when the news was on, put on the teletext, 888 and read it amazing to him and he'd be like oh gritting his teeth please stop um and try and read the news to him like that um I I wasn't that interested in weather at that point though uh and my school was very into the academic subjects doing sciences and stuff which was all great uh and I liked sciences so I kind of went with it and did that in my GCSE and I did um geography as well I kind of got into these subjects but there was no there was no way of doing anything even like drama nothing like that um at my school it wasn't really known for that in fact i ended up doing my a levels in theater studies uh, one of them um but i did it at the boys grammar school so we were allowed oh. to go uh and not because it was a boys school but we were allowed to go across to do the lesson there and then come back again so i that was my way of trying to do something a bit media related at that point but there was no media type subjects there um but one thing that I did do when I was, I think this was just before my A-levels while I was there, is that we were allowed to go and do some work experience and they had um, lots of options already set up for us. And um, I, I saw there was an option to do go to the BBC, the main BBC uh, in London and have a couple of days there um, learning about BBC and broadcasting. And I was desperate to do it, but the teachers allocated who they wanted to these work experiences. So I ended up doing like a couple of days at my like local dentists, which was completely <laughs> not what I wanted to do. Actually, it was during Wimbledon time as well. All the dentist was doing, he was just sat there watching Wimbledon and probably saw five patients the whole day. It was so boring. But, um, <laughs> Then I, um, the girl who was, one of the girls that was going on the BBC one, because they were all staggered at different times during the summer holidays, she ended up being a bit unwell with, I think, glandular fever, something like that. Uh, and I, although I'd already done my dentist work experience, I asked, please, 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 can I take her place? Because her place will be empty. Please, can I go? So they allowed me and I had the best time. Uh-huh. It was, to me, it was like, this is amazing. I, I can't, you know, finding out the, looking to studios and realizing they're a lot smaller than they look on TV, looking at the cameras, the lighting. And one part of it was going into the weather office at the BBC. And we even got to have a little go ourselves, stand in front of like the green screen <laughs> and have a go. And at the time, it, um, Carol Kirkwood was there showing us. 
And I, and I just remember saying to her at the end, I was like, how do I do this if I want to do this? I really want to do this when I'm older. Uh, she said, oh, you've got to work very hard at school uh, and do your degree in broadcasting and then write us a letter afterwards and we'll see what we can do. So I um, went to, I didn't fully listen to her. I actually wanted to go and do uh, a degree. Uh, oh no, sorry, I did. I did my, but I did my A-levels in the sciences and I didn't do very well and I didn't get into university and I was really hugely gutted all my friends were going to university and I didn't get in so I didn't know really what to do at that point and I thought well I'm gonna to have to retake them so mm. I retook them I went to West Kent College uh Me they, too. yeah West Kent was really nice yeah. uh while also working part-time uh went and did media studies there instead uh <laughs> yeah Same. and it was, it was a really great course and I got to even learn how to edit and things like that um and managed to get in and then I went and did a broadcasting degree at a place called Ravensbourne which is quite close to Kent Mm -hmm. at the time it was in Chislehurst in Kent actually Uh, but it's moved to Greenwich now next to O2 and did my degree there but then when I came out and I wanted to get into doing TV stuff I realised it's not that easy and I can't just jump into weather I wrote to the BBC saying hi do you remember me I (laughs) came here when I was 15 and I really want to come and present the weather now I've got a degree and they were like "Mm, no who told Uh, you that (laughs) yeah no you can't you can't do that (laughs) who told you uh Carol yeah (laughs) hello my mate Carol no yeah (laughs) um so yeah, that was a bit of a shock to the system. <laughs> I ended up doing running. And in fact, before I went to university, I started running um, at, uh, do you remember the programme, CD UK? Yeah, yes. Cat, Cat Daily. Yeah. Yes, and Ampton Deck. That's right, yeah. Uh, did SMTV before it. Yeah, so I did a bit there. Uh, weirdly, I um, am a huge Robbie Williams fan, like <laughs> major. And he was in Wonderheim. And I... I I made sure I was in the audience that when he was performing and he pulled me up onto stage. It's on YouTube somewhere, but don't know. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. So what did you have to stand there while he sang to you? Yeah. uh, Because I always feel um, bad for the people that happens to, because it feels like it's quite an awkward moment. It was awkward because it was a new song. (laughs) And for some reason in my head, I thought, I'll pretend I know the song. So I started pretending to mouth the words. He noticed, turned around and went, you don't even know the words, do you? And I panicked, so I just gave him a kiss. Oh, my God. (laughs) The next day at school, no. The next day at school, everyone was just like, "Are you okay, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. You're okay. Um, Yeah. So were you a big take that fan? Was I was a big take that fan, but but more of a Robbie Williams fan. Yeah, okay. Went solo. Um, That kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, looks up on I, I'm not really sure why I brought that bit up. That's, <laughs> wow, it's, that's but, amazing. It's great content, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of, I think work experience generally, <laughs> apart from that moment, did help me learn a lot about the industry, it made me realise I can't just jump into this role. Mm. Um, and so eventually I went off and, as a runner on Deal or No Deal and I moved to Bristol. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So, so to, that, I took the en- plunge. Endemol. Is that Endemol? Endemol. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, Endemol. And that was in Bristol. I think it's still there. I think. I don't know. And uh, across the road was the ITV regional newsroom. And I applied for a role there to work in their library department where you would edit in any footage that's come in and stuff like that. Did that. And then I just kind of thought, now I'm here. Now's my chance to ask again. So I kept badgering the editor. I really love to present the weather. I really love to present the weather. Eventually she cracked. <laughs> um, and um, she said, okay, fine. You can be our third cover um, to cover for Alex Beresford, of all people. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, who okay. taught me, he t- yeah, he taught me uh, the ropes. Oh, amazing. And um, I would do weekend cover as well as doing my job. So I was working like all the time, but I was 20 and I didn't really care. Um, so I was doing that. But at the same time, I thought, I actually don't know enough about the weather. How can I, for me, I felt uncomfortable about it. They said, oh, don't worry. The Met Office will ring and tell you what you need to say. And I thought, I can't do this. And so I asked them, can you please let me go on courses and because they're quite expensive, can you pay for them too? <laughs> uh, to go to the Met Office so I could learn more about this, so I can actually feel more comfortable telling people mm. about the weather. So, funnily enough, they actually, they, they agreed. And, yeah, and they kind of went on from there. I, I went there a few, mu- a few weeks at a time, went to Exeter, learned about the weather more while doing the job. So that was really helpful. And uh, then uh, I saw a job in... Tunbridge Wells come up at the BBC Southeast and went for that as a weather presenter and yeah then moved on to Sky <laughs> back home in Tiny Wells so, yeah. yeah so yeah. what is it particularly about the weather I know you sort of saw on TV when you were younger and and obviously you had that um work experience and stuff and you, you saw carol and stuff what is it about the weather in particular was it was it the actual the science of the weather itself or was it the presenting stuff that seemed exciting to you what what was it that really it engaged a, you do you think yeah it was a combination of things yeah presenting definitely excited me i mean i was excited by blue peter i used to think that was such uh, that'd be such an awesome job and things that would but be a good gig wouldn't it blue peter yeah blue peter amazing um here's one i made earlier <laughs> that's just that's the line isn't it Iconic, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think with the weather the thing is i i really i i was um at a young age uh uh, watching a lot of news involuntarily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through my dad constantly <laughs> watching the news and I I really liked science and I liked geography and it kind of just you know and then I went to the BBC and did that work experience had a go at that and I thought I'm not that serious a person um, in fact I did once get screen tested to do the news and then they immediately said, no, don't do it because you keep smiling and it's a murder. Um, so, <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. So I think it's, it didn't fit my personality. Yeah. And, I, and I, I know weather can be very serious and extreme as well, of course, but um, I like the chit-chattiness of it. It's something that everyone talks about every day, yeah. um, well, even through my years. Day, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we live in a country where it changes all the time. Summer is not summer. Sometimes it's, you know, like autumn. It's like a winter's day and, you know, vice versa. So I think it's it's the typical British conversation and it's something that 
everyone always wants to know about. And I just, I, I felt, I fell in love with it when I got into it. I just thought this is brilliant. People love the weather. Even over the years when I was, you know, going about my daily bits and bobs, going to shops and stuff, and people say, oh, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thank you. Oh, I heard it's raining tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I think, is it because they've recognized me? Probably not. They're just having the chit chat because it's that thing, isn't it? Everyone talks about it. And I'd also be like, no, it's do not you start, raining tomorrow. What I was going to say though, do when people do that, do you start going, well, I've, I'm, this isn't very good for listeners, but I'm sorry. But like, do you start going, well, over here is a high pressure in this area. Do you start reading the new, the weather to them a little bit when the people no. stop doing the street? Do you know, we, we don't, weather presenters don't read auto cue. What? Did you know? Sorry, that? I should have, I, I, I shouldn't have assumed. Recite. Recite. <laughs> really? Talk. Yes. So yes. Like someone in your ear or what? No, no, no. What just you mean? Natural someone's knowledge. telling me what to do. No, Talk it's just back. natural knowledge. It's just a chit chat, isn't it? It's just, um, I think that's another thing that, why I wasn't very good with the news reading side of things. Um, I can read. It's just I wasn't very good at reading naturally. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a chat. I think there's no auto cue. It's literally... And with the weather, um, I, you know, I've worked at pretty much all of the channels and it's always a case of... what Because it's at the end of the programme, you know, it's, whatever time is left, the weather has to fill it. Yeah. And you, you don't find out until literally seconds before they're going to tell you, OK, can you do 2 minutes 34, please? In, and then it's you and then you've just got to fill it so you've either uh, got to be really concise if you've got no time or be yeah. good at filling for a bit and maybe use more flowery language and yeah more yeah. chatty i think for me that the uh, what i learned over the years is to learn as much as possible in terms of what what the forecast is what the temperatures are like what was it like yesterday as much information as possible and then when it comes to it yeah, edit it as you go along, how much you want to give away. But I always try and go for the most extreme weather, where the rain is first and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's no auto cue. What was your initial question? I've completely well, forgot. I've got, I've got a follow-up <laughs> question. I've got a follow-up question. Oh, okay. Have you, how this pod is we forget what the normal question is and then we just like, go off on tangents. <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever had any moments where you've forgotten what the weather is and just been like i'm just i'm just gonna say cloudy probably cloudy that's that's a good chance i'm just and hope it's cloudy uh, <laughs> i don't think i have um trying to think you put me on the spot yeah, um i don't think i've ever forgotten that anyway if i did forget i could always just turn around and see the graphics and then work it out well you can see them if you, yeah well back in the day when i started it was green, green screen. screen i couldn't mm, see anything yeah. but that was pre-recorded so if i forgot i could start again but when it went when we uh, when i moved to the bbc it was a video wall at the bbc it's a video wall you can see what what it is oh, at sky the same it's a piss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, I used to say to uh, my friends it's a bit like catchphrase just say what you see <laughs> <laughs> say what you see um uh, so yeah, if I forget, I can actually, you know, turn around and have a, a quick kind of oh, uh, reminder okay. from the graphics. Um, but I don't think I've ever completely gone blank yet. Yeah. Oh, Favorite that's passwords. interesting. I assumed it was green screen. There you go. I'm learning today. I assumed it was all. And you, I uh, some places want... are green screen. So then, so then, sorry, getting really technical. When you're pointing and stuff, you're just doing general because you. You might be pointing at the wrong part of the UK. Well, no, or so or... it's it's weird. So where uh, 
usually the people that still use green screen it's for recordings because it's really hard to do green screen live mm. uh, but there's also a monitor sort of inf- oops my airport fell out one second <laughs> <laughs> There you go, it's a, it's a live uh, malfunction, okay. live on air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go, my ear holes aren't very big. Um, uh, yeah, when you're doing it with a green screen, what it is, is that um, uh, you can, you've got a monitor next to the camera. Right, yeah. So you can kind of see where you're pointing, but you don't want to be looking at the monitor because then your eye line will be looking away from the camera lens. So you sort of glance. You might see presenters sort of slightly glance away because they want to see where they're pointing. But when I first started, I found green screen really hard. Uh, So I (laughs) I would just generally wave my hands every now and then. Yeah. Wait, also, isn't the monitor monitor be reversed as to where... So if you're... Um, No, wait. So if you're no, yeah, no, no. So if you're going left, it's a ref- Dude, this makes great. It's great <laughs> for listeners what you're doing, but because I would keep get worried <laughs> if I'm going left, <laughs> yeah, no one... my arms would go right. I don't know. I think I panic. Looks like you're Jim, doing like a Jim little... is waving I'm his hand. Uh, I'm doing thriller, basically. Is what yeah. it looks like I'm doing. Yeah. Um, or a T-Rex impression. <laughs> T-Rex. Yeah. I don't know why I've gone <laughs> like that. Um, okay, wow, I'm learning quite a lot actually. That is really, this is really interesting. Um, yeah, I think I would panic. I think I'd panic quite a lot. I've done a little bit of like live TV stuff, and I've it was mostly panic. To be totally honest, it's you're really aware, aren't you? Of, like, <laughs> it's you're really yeah, aware you of what are. you're doing. It's, it's true, but once you get into it, actually, I, I once you get into it, you're fine, and you you generally don't think about it, especially when I'm doing the weather day in day out, the same sort of thing. But um, I noticed how different, uh, how aware I was again when I had a year off work on maternity leave and I had to return to it. Mm. Uh, although it was a completely different situation for me then because I came back straight into working from home uh, because yeah. uh, of the timing of when I came back. So I had to not only relearn my job again, but had to completely learn how to use a camera, light lighting, do my own hair and makeup, everything, and set myself up in the garden and broadcast live. I had to completely learn that and look after uh, a one-year-old oh, because my my, her, her nursery wouldn't open and my husband uh, was a key worker, so he was still going out reporting. So I was at home <laughs> trying to feed a one-year-old, running out into the garden, doing a quick weather, coming back, doing some book story time or something and then running back out again wow <laughs> in between it all for about five six months until i was allowed back in the studio that's again full on, that is really intense that was an experience and a story to be told when she's older <laughs> she had no idea she a few times i i, I was really worried because she'd be shouting in the background mommy mommy come back <laughs> Like, I've got to do the weather. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I would put the TV on so she could see me oh. and put her in front of the TV while I ran outside. Oh, but I think gosh. that really freaked her out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's imagine, going on? Yeah. What's happened to Pepper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, kids, listen up. Yes, ma'am. Lunches need making, the dog needs walking, and there's a load of laundry to do all before school. Are we ready? Yes, ma'am! 
You don't need to be a general to get everyone helping around the house. Indesit's push and go technology means you can easily start a quick daily cycle with just the push of a button. It's so easy to use, everyone can get involved. <laughs> Not you, Max. Indesit. Do it together. So were you what were you having what were you having to record it on? What was the equipment? Were you sent stuff to to use, or did you was it your phone? I wasn't. Was it? No, it was uh, it was live. I had to have a special um, unit called Live View that I had to right. connect up to a proper broadcasting camera, wow. light up myself, and I felt bad for my neighbours because it was during like the hot months. Uh, they would all have their windows open through the night. I would be setting up outside at four thirty a.m. Oh, of course, because uh, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. And I would probably be waking them up, talking to myself in the garden. <laughs> but they are getting live weather right there. Exactly. I mean, they can't exactly. complain. They're getting it right into I'm, their door. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did annoy them because I, I remember uh, every uh, after a month or so, every Thursday, I think it was, they uh, they would be mowing their lawn conveniently oh. at half past and at the top of the hour <laughs> very early in the morning to be doing that yeah yeah i was like hmm <laughs> i couldn't say anything could i because, you really? know i was talking yeah. to myself low from level, been awake all night, like <laughs> yeah. low level passive aggressive neighbor wars <laughs> so yeah. i'll mow the lawn but then also i get a nice lawn after it so everyone wins <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. oh, man. oh man that's a lot so you were having to do all that technology stuff as well like that's a lot to sort yeah. of, you know you were like cast crew and and director and producer and, you know, yeah yeah but i mean i didn't mind i did learn a lot of it during my degree and so that was useful and i i like a challenge in fact i got to the point where i really liked it and i thought why didn't I go on an OB outside broadcast myself? I, so I said to the, um, the editor of the programme, listen, it's a really nice day today. I've got all this kit. Um, be ashamed not to, you know, it's going to be the highest temperature of the year so far. There's a really lovely park nearby me. Can I go and do it there tomorrow morning? He's like, are you sure you're going to be able to set it all up? I thought, yeah, of course. If I can do it in my garden, I'll do it somewhere else. Yeah. So I just got up a bit earlier, chucked all the equipment in my car, went somewhere else and was a bit of a one-man band. But I liked it. It was, it was nice to... Have a challenge. You need that sometimes. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Uh, I like a challenge. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing that. And then you're doing it, and then your neighbour's mowing next to you on the, in the park. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, yeah. what a nice... Uh, I, you know, at, at such a challenging time, to have something to sort of focus on as well, I think was probably, was probably quite good as well, maybe. Totally. Yeah, no, totally. I... Um, was really grateful for it actually i felt bad for the people that actually had to have their maternity leave during the pandemic because it's all those little things that you would take for granted although a lot of the time is at home with baby you would do you do these little kind of fun kind of um you know baby classes like baby yeah, massage yeah. that's one that i always used to find really weird baby, baby massage, massage yeah poor baby's really stressed and needs a massage yeah i know, <laughs> yeah. I know. when my wife told me she was doing baby massage i thought oh that sounds lovely that you're gonna that's gonna really help you relax and feel good yeah, no, not me, the baby's getting... yeah. <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> but they like it don't they if, if apparently very good for them it's good for bowel movement and stuff apparently. yeah i was about to say yeah it is quite a smelly experience mm. but <laughs> but you know it, that, 
that gets you socializing with other moms yeah. Yeah. and you can kind of share your experiences with other parents you know or oh, they're sleeping well they're not and if during the pandemic those who had their babies and even going into labor without oh, their yeah. oh, birthing yeah. partner there until the very end i can't imagine how they went through that and then going straight into lockdown with with a newborn oh, yeah. like i struggled with a newborn to begin with first few weeks i was okay but then i really needed my mum because i found it very very difficult and i to think that i wouldn't have been able to have that that i felt really awful for people that I had to go through that so I consider myself lucky that I was uh, going, you know, yes, I had to work from home. I didn't get to see people as much, but I, I, I still got to work. And I did eventually get to, after a few months to go back into work and see people, a very small number of people, because there was still a lot of people working from home. Uh, but, you know, I, I consider myself lucky that I was able to do that, for sure. Yeah. I, I My heart really goes out to anyone that had... <laughs> that had children during lockdown because it's um in fact my brother and his girlfriend did actually and so when when our daughter was born it was uh september 2019 so just before sort of lockdown so everything was like fairly normal but then obviously his his and, and his girlfriend's experience was so, so different he wasn't allowed to a lot of the screenings and stuff and and mm. had to be when she went into labor really only there you know at the at the important bits and then yeah it was a very very different experience and um, and as you say, then going into lockdown with a little one, having a little one is so intense and tiring and difficult anyway. And when you chuck on top of that, you, you, you can't see other mums or you can't see your parents. Or we were very lucky. We actually moved in with my wife's mum, which is where we are now, quite early into lockdown. And she's been amazing having helping out. She's been absolutely incredible. And I just, yeah, again, feel very, very lucky. But the, the pandemic really, I think stripped back a lot of people's lives and made you really realize what's important and what isn't and actually and there's so many things that we sort of then about took for granted because that that makes me sound like i'm accusing people of stuff but like just i think there was a certain way of living life and then it changed drastically and i think it certainly for me made me really sort of prioritize what's important so yeah i there wasn't really a question there were pointing to the end of this but just you were talking about sort of people having kids during lockdown and yeah my heart really goes out to them because I think it was probably in, mm. incredibly intense and mm. difficult yeah yeah and you hit the nail on the head it, it's difficult anyway it's intense anyway yeah and then being completely isolated from everyone uh, and those the type of people like your family like I had my mum who was complete godsend like she didn't do anything in particular to help me but she was you know it would literally be I, I'm exhausted okay, I'd feed the baby, put baby down, and she'd be like, go and sleep now. And if she wakes, I'll bring her to you. Just, those, yeah. just to know that someone else is there so you could relax, or she would just make sure that I was eating properly because I wasn't able to have the time to do that while I had baby, you know, and not having someone there to help you like that. Yeah. Is, well, because you don't think about, you're just thinking about looking after this small thing that's arrived. So you're not thinking about yeah. yourself. You're not really thinking about anything else. You're just just so focused on this one little thing. And it, it obviously takes over everything. And it's just, mm. yeah. I was very lucky that I, I worked from home. So I was able to sort of be around in the first sort of few months to be able to try and try and help out. Although I mostly involved sort of trying to feed and then just falling asleep on the sofa with her in my arms, um, <laughs> of which there are many, many photos of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an intense time. It really, really is. But a wonderful time. And it goes very quickly. Yeah. She's two on Tuesday, yes. which, is, which, is, which is mad. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my little one turned two in 
April, so yeah, 2019, baby. 2019, as well. yeah, just before, yeah. <laughs> just got in there just before, good time, the good timed baby, yeah. the well-timed baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been... I think anyone with a little, little one or little ones during lockdown, it's it's been an interesting, an interesting journey. But as you said at the top of the show, like, I feel lucky that we had a garden space and grandma's here. And in fact, Maria, my daughter, started saying because my, my parents live in Chichester on the south coast and their granny and granddad. And now, whenever I open my laptop because we've been skyping them so much, literally to open my laptop, she goes, "Ganny granddad." Ganny Gandad. Oh. That's become now. So now I'm having to text my mum saying, can you do five minutes? Are you around for five minutes? Just do a quick, quick actually go on holiday with them next week, which would be nice. But so, yeah, so she, that's quite nice because I was worried that she wouldn't know her granny and granddad. She'd know grandma because grandma's here, which has been amazing. Yeah. But maybe she wouldn't know granny and granddad as much but um, because she didn't see them as much. But I don't know. Kids are, kids are resilient and kids, they, they mop up and soak up so much more than you realise. And, so yeah, the fact that she was asking for for Ganny and Gandad was uh, yeah was really nice. And then, and then I know my daughter's going to be a performer because then we 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 skyped with them. She went all all shy like she does with everyone. Then started chatting a bit, bit, and then went to go and get her keyboard and did like a David Guetta style DJ set for <laughs> Granny and Granddad. Just pre- not like hitting the keys on the keyboard, but just like pressing the demo button and then just like dance, oh. dancing next oh, to it like yeah. David Guetta would do, and then hit a button, dance, hit a button, dance, and she put on this solo DJ set for. for well, she was like hitting the samba button. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it, it it goes through these different. Some of them are classical, which is very varied. Um, but yeah, she just wanted to dance, and it's got a very cheeky. What's cheeky... the samba button? My my demo. I had a demo button, and when I had a keyboard, yes. I was younger. And it was just green sleeves. It was so boring. <laughs> oh, that is... Well, and it did green sleeve with all the different sounds, like, you know, in harpsichord, and then it would be in, yes, like, violin, strings. <laughs> I've not thought about uh, green sleeves since, like... Uh, GCSE music but it was a very big part of my life up until the age of about 12 for some reason <laughs> green sleeves but yeah never heard it again since it only seems to sort of feature on school music syllabus for some reason yeah was it from the Tudor times green well, sleeves yeah I think it was Henry VIII wrote it Henry VIII yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah did he it did was, he actually write the song that's the rumour it was his it? one hit wonder <laughs> 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 yeah, he was performing it on, you know, the the top of the pots, top of the pots back oh. then, pulling people out of the crowd. You don't know the lyrics to Green Sleeves, there isn't any. You're oh, yeah. headed. Yeah, I was going to say, do you like Green Sleeves? Yes. Okay, you're 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 fine. <laughs> I'm just I didn't know he was yeah. a musician, Henry VIII. What? Did I don't think he was. Oh. I'm making it up. I know. I think it's a let myth. Me, Sorry, Google I'm it. googling as well. Yeah, I was going to say. What? I, I can't imagine him playing the lute or anything like that. Oh, I thought it was. I, you can imagine back then that he probably claimed lots Claiming, of things yeah, and people yeah. were just too scared yeah. to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can write that. Yeah, yeah. You wrote that. Definitely, definitely. It's really good, Hen- Henry. Nice one. Um, but no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. Why was it called green sleeves? Did he just like look down and think, <laughs> I'll call it green sleeves? <laughs> yes, wearing yeah. today? Oh, I was wearing green <laughs> sleeves when I made that. His follow up here, um, red hat, wasn't as, wasn't as successful. <laughs> <afterwards>. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, I don't oh, know no. what the origins of it are. But yeah, no, my keyboard had samba button, which would be, so it had like um, different, I guess it was different rhythms. So samba was one of them, mm. and then it would have like okay. tango, and it would just be the drum rhythms on it. it. Must have been a drum pattern on it or something. So you could. Play what was along. your favourite instrument? Did you have music lessons at school? Yeah. Well, 
going back to green sleeves at <laughs> primary school, I um, decided to do guitar lessons, and we had to learn green sleeves. And um, my had this sort of ancient classical guitar that was, I think, it was my nan's, and uh, the teacher tried to tune it up, and it she snapped all the tuning pegs because she'd over tuned it <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah i always so then panic I... about that that gives me low level anxiety when i'm tuning oh, really? guitar what, what? that it's all gonna well, smack in should... my face well uh, <laughs> don't, don't, just, you yeah. get whiplash <laughs> you're, yeah you're not um move out of the way yeah maybe get a tuner uh would be the answer to that <laughs> Like, we'll sort out that anxiety but yeah so she ruined my guitar basically oh. and I remember sort of slumping back home I, I was almost like sort of dejected from the room oh you can't play so you like your guitar's broken you must you might as well leave and we were doing green sleeves well we really shouldn't have brought green, green sleeves should we it's, 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 no, no. Sorry. It would be so, traumatic. so I, I uh, but I returned to playing guitar in my late teens um, and still play guitar I don't want to put anyone on the spot, nice. but what's the what's the tune of Green Sleeves again? I can't actually remember. Do 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 I can actually play it on the guitar. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Do it. Oh yes. Actually, I learned to play it on the recorder. And I've still got my recorder. I'm not getting it. Recorder was again big at primary school. No, I can't hear it at all. Ah. Charles, I'll tell you what we we'll do. My electric like, guitar. Like we'll I'll, do it, I'll record, record it, it. And then I'll record it at the end and then we'll put it on the end of the podcast. Yeah. Who was it? Was it Izzy Sussman we... who we did that with? Played out with some music. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do that again. I can slightly hear it, but it's, this isn't plugged in, obviously. It's just an electric <laughs> guitar, so it doesn't really work. Should we do a pretend... Should we record a pretend reaction to it now? <laughs> yeah. That you can edit in after? Yeah. Wow, yeah. wasn't that good? <gasps> So good. Well, I, oh, it's like I was with Henry VIII at the it's, time. Wow, that's, that was so great. So it's like I'm back in year eight music again. <laughs> yeah, Henry VIII had a guitar just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good yeah, so gracious. anyway, that, 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 that was ruined. My guitar was ruined. So, yeah, that put me off for a few years playing, but um, not for good. What about you? Did you play anything, Nazanin? You... No, uh, I, um, I really wanted to play the piano, but my parents were like, we can't afford for you to do piano lessons. So I had, I was given an electric keyboard for my birthday that had the demo, and right. I taught myself from listening to the demo, how to play it. That's what the only thing it? I can play. <laughs> yes. Have you got a keyboard now? No, I don't. Because ah, um, we could have got you to record Greensleeve as well. Oh, yeah. No, I did learn it on recorder. I learned Greensleeves on the recorder uh, because uh, recorder lessons at school were free. So <laughs> I was allowed to do that. And I've still got my recorder because my mum found it at my house. And right, went, okay. oh, you, you want to take this? And, and, you know, so that my little one could play with it. Oh, uh, worst nice. sound in the world, recorder. The worst. The worst. Yeah. Don't let her anywhere near it. And does anyone, does anyone Honestly. play recorder over the age of 11? Like, do, is, is anyone professional? I, must be, anyone I bet there's some professional recorder. recorder. I bet there are that join in an orchestra type thing. I bet the proms, I bet there's some recorder recitals. Surely you move on. Well, you, you start, recorder's like a gateway instrument and, you, and then you move on to piccolo or so, I don't know what would be next up the it's like cannabis yeah it's the gate yeah. before you go to like <laughs> clarinet try the, like the sort of the see how you get on deep breaths alright do it with a friend and then and then see what you move on to maybe you move on to saxophone mm. or something I don't know move up the the woodwind I guess I don't know 
Saxophone would be cool. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to learn sax as a as a kid, but it's it's thing is you they're so expensive those instruments to buy. Yeah. I think you have to and the dedication to. I mean, like obviously I've learned to play the guitar and the guitars are quite expensive as well. But yeah, I don't know. The, the saxophone feels like a quite a big um, investment and commitment. Yeah, my wife is a saxophone, and she she's got a saxophone, yeah, and she learned saxophone. I think to add to her acting CV, so that if I can any act jobs, and I can play saxophone. If any jobs came up, like <laughs> we did a self tape for her recently, and it was for yeah, she had, be, she had to be a rugby fan or a football fan or something. I can't remember who it was for for an advert, and she had to be like a really sort of passionate Wales, I think for some reason Welsh football fan. And so we got her to play saxophone in the self-tape. So this, will be, this will be different. <laughs> She's a fan who loves watching football, playing saxophone. What was she playing? Like um, Baker Street? Greensleeves. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Please, can the you Pink get Panther her to Greensleeves as well? Right, we'll, get re- we'll have a guitar recorder, saxophone combo uh, for Greensleeves. What are you going to do on keyboards, Jim? I do have my keyboard somewhere. I think it's through here. I could, do, yeah. I could just do the backing Come chords on, you've got or something. Come on, you got to do it. <laughs> Or, I could or at least a triangle. Do you remember the triangle? What was the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that is something that is... Someone is employed in an orchestra to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ding. Do you think it's actually really difficult, the triangle? Or do you think it's as easy as it I looks? reckon getting the timing right is. Because if you... Yeah. You've got one job, haven't you? <laughs> so, you know, if, it doesn't, if, it go, if you don't get it quite right... Yeah. Um, that could ruin the, the whole And it's ensemble. very obvious that it's you. It's not like there's five oboists... If, if the no. triangle's out of it's, what yeah. is someone? What do you Clever. call someone who plays a triangle? A triangleist? Well, I think you'd be a percussionist of some sort, wouldn't you? Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god, it should be that. I'm actually going to Google that to see if that is a word. Triangleist? No, it's not a word. Oh, that's disappointing. No, no triangleist. No, no, triangle lists is what I've Googled. So, no, it's not. Triangle lists. Yeah, that's not the same. But what are they? What's a triangle list? I'm guessing a list of triangles. Oh, I see. Like, <laughs> it's literally, it's literally just a it's, list of is, right. <laughs> isolated triangles. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very math-based website. You've got isosceles and what are, what are oh, the other yeah. triangle names? Um, just a normal triangle. Wasn't it isosceles? Wait, what's the one where they're all different the same lengths? Su- yeah. Oh, different lengths. Isosceles was two the same, two like long yeah. ones and one base. I can't. What was one where they're all different? All, 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 all I can think was Pythagoras right now, but that had to do with triangles, and didn't it? Was, was not, obtuse something? Obtuse. Yeah, we'll take that. Possibly. Yeah, we've got two. <laughs> two out of eight or ten is not bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maths was never my strong point. No. I, I failed GCSE oh, maths twice. Me neither. Mm. And like, who uses algebra now? Exactly. Come on. No, I don't use... I, I actually... Was, I don't know how, but I was in the top set at maths at my secondary school, at St. Greg's. Um, and actually, it was... My main memory is that that was the class I actually got really friendly with some of the geeky lads who I wanted to be friends with and actually and still am today. So it's quite nice, actually. I don't remember being good at maths. Although I do remember us trying to do rude words in our calculator, but I think everyone everyone did that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah boobies. Boobs, boobies. Oh, boobless. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which basically is all you could do, the three, the three words you could do. Um, yeah. But I do remember sitting next to a lad called Matthew Senior, who I still talk to on Twitter sometimes, who was a really nice guy. And yeah, it actually was the, the, it was the blossoming of new friendships in that math class. So that was 
my friend Mike Hall, I'm still friends with now, actually, was in that class. But they they were all like the sort of geeky, nerdy, nice lads. And I realised in that math class they were more my people than the sporty. I was going to say dickhead guy. They weren't dickheads, but like you know what I mean. Like just yeah, I sort of found my people in that class. So yeah, I don't know how I ended up in top set maths, but it was a, it, it it worked out. Anyway, that wasn't the question. The question. What was the question? Pythagoras. What was the point of algebra? Yeah, oh, what was the point, point of algebra? algebra? Yeah. It's useless. Yeah, but I was to make friends. To make friends. <laughs> it was the algebra inside of us all along. That doesn't make sense. But I was thinking with the weather stuff when you're doing the Met the Met Office courses and stuff. We were learning about weather. There's not lots of maths involved in that uh sort of but not really you're looking at charts so you're looking at satellite charts which show you them i mean i'm not deeply into meteorology like a proper meteorologist is but you're you're looking at satellite charts and seeing what cloud cover there is the the pressure chart which will tell you you know where the wind direction is so therefore if it's going to be a cold day if it's not etc the radar showing you the rain so no. Do you? The answer is do no. You, do you? Um... <laughs> this one goes out to the upstarts. To those that started before they were ready. Because they knew if they hadn't, they'd never have started at all. We're damn good at this in this country. Over 2,000 businesses are created every single day. Switch to Virgin Money to get 25 months free day-to-day business banking with our business current account. Search Brighter Business Banking today. Backed by the current account switch service. Excludes CHAPS payments, other terms, eligibility and limits apply. Virgin Money is a trading name of Clydesdale Bank PLC. Interesting talking to you today. I hadn't realised how much weather affects my life and actually uh, how much it affects my mood as well. And so actually if I can be ahead yeah. of the curve a little bit. But it does. It actually, I think it's one of those things you don't, until, until you get caught out and it goes badly, it actually really can change and affect your well, whole day. Because it's a conversation starter, isn't it? For, especially in, in, in this country. It yeah. tends to be like a go-to kind of subject matter that we we talk to people when we're sort of shooting the shit or even you know even with people we know well it's just this the thing that kind of gets you know things going so i guess we take it for granted a little bit maybe as well the purity of it i mean absolutely i think i i'm i wouldn't want to do the weather for a country that's always hot dry and sunny because that's so boring i think it's amazing well, it's like the fast how... show isn't it i think i have used that once before um, but uh, i think it's because it's so varied it affects everything we do even when we were all in going back to the pandemic and lockdown at home it was it, actually i remember someone from the government I can't remember who it was, contacting me, asking me if in my weather forecast I can te- make sure that people are responsible and don't go out more than one, once a day for one hour. <laughs> so, so don't, and also not to be too positive about the good weather. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't reply. I just thought, no, I'm, I'll just say the weather as yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks. I'm not going to give anyone any advice. But, um, yeah, um, I, it affects everything you do every day whether you think it does or it doesn't if that makes sense but you know what i don't let i don't i don't try and you know i don't even have an umbrella on me if it rains i'll just let myself get wet 
I don't care. Oh, I get really annoyed. I just run. I quite like the rain, to be honest. Yeah, it's quite like cleansing. It's refreshing. Mm. I just go out and I don't bother with an umbrella. Oh, I get. I like being umbrella. on the. I'm really annoyed, and I feel morally superior to people if I have an umbbrella and they don't. <laughs> I there's something wrong with me. Um, but I no, I don't. I don't feel superior, but I feel proud of myself. <laughs> if I've got, a, I'm painting myself a terrible person. Um, I feel proud of myself if I have an umbrella and it's raining. I feel like I've. Like, you probably like look quite smug as well, I probably don't you? look incredibly <laughs> smug. Look at me. Have you ever noticed, though, when it's raining and people, like, always have this reaction, I always find this funny, um, if you don't have an umbrella, people run and they squint their eyes as if squinting your eyes is going to protect you <laughs> from getting I'm wet. Gonna get I'm going to get less water in my eyes. <laughs> the yeah. goggles see nothing. My eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. true. I mean, I live on a part of the coast which is quite windy so there's almost no point having an umbrella because it's going oh, to yeah. be damaged quite quickly within it. Yeah. the seconds of opening it it's going to have a cagoule yeah. is that what they call it still? cagoule oh, yeah. cagoule yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to get, yeah. I need to get and just embrace it but again like, like I say like living down by the coast it actually is, it's really like sort of embracing the elements going on the seafront when it's pouring with rain and windy it's actually very nice I like it very therapeutic yeah I'm with you on that one. It, it, it is there is something, yeah, cleansing, refreshing, blowing the cobwebs out a bit. Yeah. I like that. Nazneen, yeah. I'm sorry that we made you talk about the weather. So I feel like your job essentially. So much. <laughs> I'm used to it. It's absolutely so fine. We said at the top, didn't we? Isn't it pretty annoying people talk about the weather? And we've spent about 45 minutes <laughs> forcing you to talk about the weather. But I was just going to say one thing quickly. That actually it is, I don't know if it's just this country or not, but I do think actually the weather is linked to people's mental health a lot of the time. I mean, I mean obviously you get SAD and stuff certain times of the year, and I find that I am someone that I think actually is really affected by the weather. So if it is gloomy, I genuinely do feel more down and more lethargic. And if it is a nice, hot, sunny day, not too hot, but, you know, one of those perfect sunny days with a bit yeah. of a breeze and stuff, there is more of a spring in my step. And it is, again, Giles was sort of saying, you know, but we do take the weather for granted and stuff, but it it can change how you feel. And I guess as well, then, you know, in your role as well, you are delivering information that could actually change people's moods and how they feel for that day. Mm. Absolutely. I completely agree. I um, definitely have an issue uh, with, I think it's called uh, SAD, Seasonal Affective yeah, Disorder. Yeah. I have one of these special lights that... Um, illuminate the room i highly recommend it that is really good so during the gloomy days uh especially during the winter months i'll put it on and it lights up the room and it kind of emulates a day a bright sunny day uh really makes a massive difference uh i know people that work in the newsroom that um also they're, they're on early shifts all the time so they don't see much sunlight they deliberately have it on their desk as well just pointing at them because Doing early shifts like mm-hmm. that, you, you end up coming home, having a nap, and you're asleep during the daylight as well. You're not getting much daylight in you. Um, vitamin D is important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sunshine is important. And I do think it affects people more than they realise. Um, during summer, I generally feel fine. During winter months, I find it a bit harder. So going out on walks and kind of just getting the blood pumping, brisk walks and stuff really helps. Uh if it's a cloudy day, I find, you know, like a cloudy, gloomy day really gets me. I feel kind of almost a bit um, claustrophobic. It's yeah, really weird. I mm. uh, feel like I can't like breathe. I feel a bit kind of, uh, I'm struggling that day. Uh, and I just force myself just to put on my shoes, get out, whatever the weather, and just 
go on a massive brisk walk for an hour and I feel better after that not completely better obviously but it really makes a massive difference and having one of those lights as well really helps me I find uh during those months but you're right it, it does affect a lot of people um I have a lot of people who tweet me about it as well um and I just uh, the only advice I can give is try and just hang in there um try not focus on it too much although it's easier said yeah, than done yeah. but um it is important to have a bit of sunshine in you know i think i don't i don't know why what the actual like medical yeah. reason is for um a lot of people to feel like that when it's not a sunny day but yeah i definitely do feel affected by it i guess i mean yeah i think like when it's overcast and you've got that that low pressure i guess is maybe you yeah you feel that physically don't you you yeah. feel that in your in your body you feel that you know you can it might can make you like have oh, i get headaches sometimes when it's that mm. that low pressure so i guess it's that physical feeling maybe that it causes yeah a sunny day is is definitely good but some people i know get quite anxious when it's uh, too hot yeah i in the I day that. as well uh, yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not a great so, person so yeah i'm not into hot like 25 degrees sunny yeah, dry yeah. that's brilliant breeze. anything above that and i just start feeling like oh, i can't handle this but warm summer evenings having your supper outside oh, are the best yes, i love yeah, that yeah. yeah that's really good really well like as that. you know Nazanin, I built my wife and I built a pergola. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, is it a pergola or pergola? I always thought it was pergola. Pergola, I think. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You say pergola, <laughs> I say, I say pergola. pergola. Uh, You're probably right. I'm not very good with uh, pronunciation. But, but yeah, having evening meals out there has been has been lovely, and and also you get the right kind of light as well because it obviously gives you some shade, but yeah. you, know, you still get the light sort of beaming through. And that's Feels like you're on a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Costa yeah. Yeah. being on holiday in your own back garden's very, very nice. Well, we won't yeah. have to do that this year, no, really. Totally we? we had to sort of yeah. take holidays in our back gardens. If you've got, if you're lucky enough to have one, we have had to sort yeah. of make, yeah. uh, make do, really. Um, but yeah, I'm sure the Costa del Seafood is a, is a lovely place to go on holiday. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is regular. I don't know actually. No, I'm really not sure. Oh no, you're right. No, I Sorry, know. I've I... put doubt into your mind. Although maybe <laughs> it probably could, is. You know, pergola actually does sound a lot well, fancier. So maybe we could start a, a new trend to call them pergolas. Well, some people were saying it was gazebo, and I'm like, it's not a gazebo. It's definitely not a gazebo. No, because you, you know, you need, a gazebo is more like a tent. No, marquee, exactly. not a tent. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's looking out there by the Gazebo versus pergola. Yeah, no, there is. What? Pergola's. Gazebo. Gazebo, isn't that? That's fully sort of um, covered. Yeah, it's covered. covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas a pergola or pergola um, has sort of slats in it. And I think a pergola looks more. It makes me think of a holiday. Mediterranean. It makes me think of being. It's got a holiday vibe to it, I think, actually, which is really really nice. Whereas gazebo has a sort of village fate vibe i think possibly <laughs> yeah the kind of vibe like i'm having a barbecue it might rain <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly that. Well, pergy, yeah. Pergy, like well if it uh, it could rain it could not i don't care i i'm, I'm not yeah. influenced by that kind yeah. of thing half is gonna get wet the other half's not wet in <laughs> yeah. stripes so oh man <laughs> Oh, Nazneen, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. No, I've, thank, thank you, you for so having me. Nazneen, it's so been much so much fun, and I've not Googled as many things during an episode before. I've got a lot of tabs open now. <laughs> green <Yeah>. sleeves. <laughs> S-A-D Green lamps. sleeves, 
Must be done. <laughs> I've got so many things open. Yeah, and we are definitely going to end this episode uh, with the green sleeves <laughs> somehow, uh, which is she can be. Da, 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 da. I'm going to record it as soon as we get off the air. I'm going to record it. I'm going to dig out my recorder and record oh, it for you. Amazing. Okay. I'll try and dig. So, Jim, no, that's, you can get the saxophone I'll out. I'll get Miranda to get the saxophone out and I'll get her to record. Yes! <laughs> I do what? Saxof- a saxophone we'll version of Green Sleeves. We'll make it Christmas number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the You've music video could be like different shots of your pergola, pergola. Yeah. No, the music video would be... With an SAD light. We'll get Robbie Williams <laughs> to pull you up on stage with a music yes. video. Yes! And have an yeah. awkward dance. That's that's uh, that yeah. would be the video. Um, I'm down I, I'm, with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about hearing Greensleeves played in, by a saxophone. That that's what's really. What are we doing this afternoon? I excited. think we have time to do that. Well, and not the recorder. <laughs> like, no offense, but the recorder. I think that's that's a thing that's been done before. Like Greensleeve on a recorder, I think has probably happened at some point. All right, in a school somewhere, but I don't right. think saxophone. Charles, I'm doing a new tab. And green sleeves I'm doing a saxophone. New tab. Green sleeves <laughs> on saxophone. Happened? Here we go. Well, someone in YouTube, someone would have oh, done it yes. on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Johnny, Johnny Ferreira has done it on on uh, on oh. YouTube. So I'll listen to that and pass it on to Miranda for a bit of um, <laughs> yes, a bit of a tip on how to do it. I'm excited. <laughs> this has been such I'm a fun I'm, episode to record. It's been brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> very random you guys have made me i i think i've been smiling all the way throughout this my face oh, aches. oh brilliant me too it's um you, yeah but it helps episodes like this don't happen without a guest coming on and being fun to talk to and and yeah Aww. so thank you very much for being part of that it's <laughs> yeah. been uh, it's been absolutely brilliant thank yeah, you, thank you so and like much. i said at the beginning it's a pleasure and an honor thank you very much <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> um that's i wonder if you might change your mind after <laughs> you spent an hour with us um but it's good that you're still feeling that way <laughs> wait till you hear green sleeves on saxophone then you can tell us until green sleeves happen no thank you so much thank you go Nazanin Gafar on the blank podcast what a wonderful wonderful person um incredibly easy company very funny indulged us in all our tangents I know um, and we did go off on quite a few we did but I like episodes like that and me, me uh, yeah lovely person and Tunbridge Wells alumni as well so which is obviously always goes down with me as well so uh, thank you Nazanin for coming on and just being uh being absolutely brilliant yeah she was absolutely wonderful company thank you so much Nazanin and yeah yeah it was just great it was like a really good it was just like like we we've always tried to make the podcast to be like a lovely chat over a cuppa um in a, in a cafe that's kind of kind of how it's been we went through all sorts of different um lines of inquiries as it were <laughs> and uh yeah it was great it was a really great conversation so thank you so much for coming on and give us your time Yes, really, really appreciate it. Um, and genuinely, as I said at the top of the show, actually, some <laughs> very interesting to get the insight into the weather, the weather presenting, and also just all of it. Really, I found it. I like getting the peek behind the curtains and people's jobs, especially yeah. if it's something that affects us all, all the time. And we do talk about 
Uh, and actually, during this episode, I realised how much we do, actually. I think it was just one of those things that's in our lives, but actually we do talk about it quite a lot. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. I'm now going to go and buy... Uh, I've got the app, the Met Office app. That's now downloaded. Nice. I'm going to go and buy an SAD lamp as well. Um, and I'm off to go and force my wife to play green sleeves on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what an episode. Well, and an update from our intro, I've managed to pip find the official account on twitter of craig craig peter johnston um unfortunately he hasn't tweeted since 2014 so um oh i'm not no, sure that's... he keeps his account up to date unfortunately so do we have enough between us contacts in the football world <laughs> no <laughs> i think we might do i'm gonna i've just thought of someone I'm you might know you might be able to I well this is the might. next mission maybe for our 200th episode um <laughs> We'll, we'll bump off the Obamas and we'll do Craig Johnson instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. If anyone out there listening knows Craig Johnson, please get in contact. Yeah. We're gonna. We want. We want to. We want to hear his story. We want to hear his story. I genuinely, actually, really do. I think that actually. Yeah. Be no, it would. It would be really interesting. <laughs> There's an amazing QED. I'm sorry to go on about him, but there is an amazing QED episode. I think you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it was a yeah. BBC documentary years ago well i remember watching as a kid and it's it is craig johnston um coming up with the idea for for the for predator boots and uh yeah it's fascinating i want to watch actually. that i'm halfway through at the moment i started watching last night when i was putting uh, maria to bed um norm mcdonald passed away the yes former amazing who i have to shamefully I didn't know much about, and now I started watching clips of him online mm. and listening to his. But it's so funny, very funny, so guy, funny. Yeah. Um, so I was halfway through his episode with uh, comedians getting in cars, getting coffee with um, oh. Jerry Seinfeld, which is and, a great yeah, show. It's really good. Yeah, it's a great show. It's only twenty minute episodes, but mm. I'm halfway through that. So I'm going to finish that, and then I watch the Craig Johnson documentary good as well. So I got a few things to um, to line up. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> I've, had such, I've had such fun today. It's been such, it's been a really really fun episode. Um, and I was about to Google something as well, and I've forgotten what it is. So I'll, I'll have to we won't we won't waste our listeners' time. Sorry, um, <laughs> I've got to go and tell Miranda to go and play green sleeves on the saxophone, mm. um, and then I've got to Google predators or something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, thank you to Nazanin for uh, for genuinely being um, one of the most entertaining and. Um, just lovely guests we've had. And I think as well, Giles, I know we do a lot of these on Zoom um, and we used to meet people, mm. but I think you could tell that Nazanin would be fanta- would have been fantastic company over a cup of coffee. Absolutely. In the studio or, or back in Nordic bar or whatever, you know, wherever. Mm. Um, and it is a shame that we don't get to meet these people, but I think, but hopefully they're all people well, that we're now, hopefully at some point we can meet up with again. And Yeah. You know, well, Nazanin and I have both said we'll try and meet up in Tunbridge Wells at some point. Oh yeah, of course. She recommended a very good, a very good um, coffee shop called the Cake House. I think it's called. And uh, and actually, when Michelle and I recently had an evening in Tunbridge Wells for our anniversary, we stayed out overnight and uh, had a nice, yeah, had a nice evening. Went for a meal, and then yeah, the next day we went and had a nice cup of coffee at the cake, the cake house. so where's that is that near the pantiles it's in the pantiles is it oh i mean yeah. anything in the pantiles is nice yeah so, it's so lovely so yeah um, have you nice. ever been to i'm so sorry for dragging this episode out have you ever been to in the pantiles you can drink the spring because obviously it, it tumbridge wells is, is built mm, on a natural spring have you ever no i haven't done, done that? that i've done it 
It tastes disgusting. <laughs> Don't do it. The Don't Tunbridge Wells Natural Spring. It is gross. It tastes really coppery, and it's just... Oh, okay. Don't do it. Just enjoy the pantiles. Go and have a nice cake, uh, but don't... Pop over the road to the forum, see what's on, um, but don't... Get the well, it's funny enough, I, you were, it's funny when going back to the, the conversation you were having at the beginning of the podcast with um, Nazanin and sort of saying that, you know, Tunbridge Wells was a bit sort of fuddy-duddy and you want to kind of get out of of it when you're younger when i was in my late teens started playing in bands we were all desperate to come to tumbers rails and play at the forum um which we which i did with my band several times and got a little bit of a following over there and used to always have uh has always meant that tumbers rails has been had a lot of special place in my heart so what uh, i wonder if i lived there from 2008 I was way before then, man. Yeah, no, I only lived there for a little bit, actually, I just realised. Yeah, it would, so, yeah. Uh, it would have been late late 90s, early noughties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'd have, been at school. I'd have been at school there, though. I'd have been at school. I'd have been getting the bus. Oh, right. You'd have been streets. dreaming about going to the forum. I'd have been too young to go to the forum. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. There was a promote, The promoter there was a guy called Lawrence, and he was really nice. It was all really young people that ran it. And it was cool because you go in, there was a really sort of cool, cool vibe about it. And yeah, it, really it wasn't young. even... The sound engineers yeah. were all young and they just, yeah, they just, it was, they just kind of got like the, the the rock scene and all the bands that used to come through there. We yeah, played with... Yeah, even when I used to mm. go there in 2008, um, it was still pretty, yeah, a pretty cool place and pretty... I still think it still is, ...run yeah. by young people. And we, I met someone and we used to, um, I've met a friend through, how did I meet? I can't remember her name was, but I think she's moved into my room after i moved out uh, but she knew people that worked there so we go there for like drinks mm. after gig drinks and stuff so it's, yeah cool place yeah really cool it's still place. cool and I, I do a lot of work with a company in tunbridge wells and uh yeah there's some really cool s- small businesses and stuff and there's a there's a really good coffee house called fine grind and um they run out of the the forum now as well so the, you oh, know, the forum sort of d- does other stuff as well not just uh not so just when we do our um our uk tour yeah and we're obviously big enough we, we will obviously play tumber 12s yeah that'll be absolutely that'll be our like a homecoming homecoming tour right let's end this episode i'm sorry mate yeah. i've dragged i have made us no no it's so fine much. i'm sure that, well all the tumber 12 listeners will love it i wonder if we we must have one or two in tumber 12 yeah surely shout out to tiny wells yeah tell, tell us if you if you're listening from tumber 12 give Wells, give mate. us a shout out on twitter tumber 12 actually turns out does hold a bit of a with your music and my school, holds a bit of a special place in our hearts, actually, yeah. this podcast, doesn't it? And we do, when people come on that are from Tom Wells, it does actually sort of, yeah. We treat everyone the same, place. but... but obviously, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they're obviously if they've had some association with either of us in our Good past, they're, they're, they're more special. <laughs> exactly. They're just better. They're just better yeah. people. I didn't want to say that, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway... You, you did, so uh, right. I, I said it, yeah. I don't care. Um, right, have a good week, mate. Yeah, if you do want to get in contact with us, you can oh, on Twitter, God. Instagram, and Facebook. You just do it. You just do it. At, at Blank Pod. Uh, and you can also sign up to our Patreon, which Jim is going to read out because I always forget. And I completely forgot to mention it. But yes, bonus content available on our Patreon every week at Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Blank Podcast. Please do sign up. Uh, there's all sorts of tiers on there. So uh, get involved and we mm. would love you forever. We get signed up. There's some really exciting tiers on there that Jim and I would like to get going on. So yeah, do do get interested and join up. Indeed. 
Do <laughs> get interested no. and join up. Get man. interested. Fucking it's, hell. That, you, you sounded like... Get uh, interested, all right? Uh, like someone, uh, like, uh, I don't know, someone... Who <laughs> someone who can't present the program. <laughs> <laughs> going to schools and trying to get kids really into, like, anti-drugs. Get interested, kids. Get wow. interested. Let's just, let's wrap up this. Podcasts. Get interested. Get interested. <laughs> uh, I can imagine Ray Winston doing it. Yeah, but you would with Ray because you yeah. threatened. Yeah, well, of course. Get interested. Get interested. Bet365. <laughs> um, right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to Nazanin. Thank you to you, Giles. Thank you to Craig Johnson. Thank you to everyone. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Next week, in fact, on the Blank Podcast. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.